welcome to the Library Talks podcast brought to you by Sutton Council's Cultural Services. I'm your host, Alfie, from the Cultural Services digital team. My guest this week is my colleague Dana, who is a customer service assistant in the libraries, someone who I've worked with a lot over the years. Uh, as we discussed, I started at Sutton in the same job as Dana, so we've spent a lot of time working together primarily at Westcroft Library, but also in Wallington during the first wave of covid uh, in a laid-back chat recorded at Sutton Life Centre back in November 2021, complete with the ambient sounds of Sutton Common Road, we talked mainly about what it was like and continues to be like working in libraries during a pandemic, how things have changed and whether or not these changes are permanent. We also discussed the COVID response jobs we were redeployed into during the first lockdown, an unseen part of the library's COVID response which may interest or surprise anyone who's not aware of it. So without further ado, on with the podcast featuring our guest Dana, a customer service assistant here in Sutton Libraries. Yeah, well my main role is kind of being on the front line of the library, so first and foremost, you know, um, opening up the library, being responsible for it and then throughout the day, kind of serving customers, keeping up to date with what's going on with the books and, you know, any other issues that people may have. Yeah, and just the, d- the daily operations of the library. Were you someone who spent a lot of time in libraries as a child? Were they important to you? Yeah, they were. I think I've always kind of <laughs> spent time in libraries, different periods throughout my life. So, you know, when you're a child, your parents take you. Mm. You know, when you're, you know, when you're at university, you use the library. Even kind of in my, you know, early adulthood, I used to go to the library, use computers or find books. You know, you find my local library. Was it that affinity with libraries that made you want to work for Sutton Libraries, or was it a complete accident? <laughs> no, I think it, I think it was that because so I did actually want to work in a library. That's good, library. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we've got you on today. <laughs> so yeah, I think they're nice faces. I think they're you know nice faces to be. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I was I was quite specific in. Um, I've definitely spoken to some people. Um, through working in the libraries who sort of fell into it yeah, by accident yeah. but no I was definitely I think it was when I was at uni um spending a lot of time in the library and just sort of reminded myself what a nice place it was to be and I thought yeah. I think I'll try and spend much more time in a library <laughs> yeah um yeah so it sounds like it was pretty similar yeah similar pretty, yeah so yeah similar idea I kind of yeah so it was yeah so it was kind of what I wanted to do so I, d- I didn't kind of go in it kind mm. of or anything so how long have you been at Sutton for now? I think it's about three and a half years now. Is it really? Yeah, so 2018. You must be one of the longest serving people now. <laughs> <laughs> so would you, was your sort of um, draw into libraries, was it, was it reading or was it just having a place to be quiet or was it... Um, I think it was both actually because I've always liked reading, I've always kind of read and so obviously like it's just a place where you get books and yeah. I've always kind of known how to use the library. I know a lot of people don't. I'm particularly like I know a lot of friends are like, oh, how does they like, oh, what does the library do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then also I like the fact that it's a space, like it's a space you can just go to. I mean, there's not very spaces in public where you can just go to. Like, no, absolutely. Like free and just sit and not be kind of questioned about it or, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I think I've always, in, I've always liked that kind of, I feel like most public places you go, even if it's like a relaxing place, if it, unless it's outside a public sort of park, then yeah. there's always in the back of your mind some kind of either time pressure, like, oh, you're not t- typically supposed to spend yeah. more than X amount of time in this place. Or there's like a pressure to, if you're spending time inside a, a, a public yeah. place, you need to at some point spend some money. Yeah, no, that's what it is. <laughs> to, yeah. kind of, to kind of justify being there. Yeah. But um, no, I've always liked the fact that it's just, 
it's no there's no questions asked really it's just this yeah. is a place for people to come in and yeah. spend some time and relax there yeah um so what sort of um sort of stuff got you into reading is it a particular genre or an author or a series even um not particularly i mean when i was younger i mean when i was really younger i guess children's books i guess well obviously you're reading adapt through time doesn't it so Obviously, when I was younger, I read a lot of Roald Dahl. And I think the main author after that, I'd read a lot of Jack Wilson when I was younger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, before I went to like, primary school. Yeah, and then, I don't know, and I guess in secondary school, I just kind of just started to read a lot, kind of mid-teens. And then from then, there's, I guess I've kind of consistently read. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very well acquainted with Jacqueline Wilson. Yeah. I've <laughs> grown up with an older sister. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a passage. You've got yeah, to Jacqueline. <laughs> So I think on this episode we're going to talk about um, kind of what just what it's like as an experience, I suppose, to be to work in a library because I feel like there's probably some misconceptions maybe out there. Um, do you remember what you kind of expected, or did you have any preconceived ideas of what it was going to be like, or the sort of experiences you'd have, and did that end up being accurate, or were you surprised? I guess some some parts are similar, some parts are different. Like I think on the good side, I thought I thought customers would be kind of worse. I thought I thought have to, I mean you do have to deal with some difficult customers as always, but yeah. I thought it would kind of be a lot worse. But I think I don't know if it's yeah. I mean you do handle it, but it's not particularly like a, an important part. I guess you get difficult customers, but it's not you know every day. Yeah. So that's it. So that wasn't up. Um, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, but most of it was kind of the same. You know, you can there's no there's no particular tasks or especially when I joined that I was like oh I can't believe we're expected to do this or anything like that it was kind <laughs> of <laughs> yeah I mean anything I said well recently obviously we've kind of gone more digitally haven't we yeah. so that's kind of for me personally that's something that I've had to kind of develop and adapt to because yeah. I'm, I'm not very acquainted with like technology or stuff like that or doing a lot of digital stuff generally I so. think I was most, probably most surprised with how I thought it'd be the, one of the quietest existences you could possibly have, and yeah. you'd sort of sit in very sort of zen state all day and just yeah. checking books out. But um, yeah, yeah, I know when when sort of jobs are advertised, they say, "Oh, you might think this is a quiet, stress-free environment." Yeah, and I think I remember reading. I said, "Well, they have to say that, don't they?" Yeah, but yeah, but uh, it can it can be quite intense. No, it can be. It can be. You do get moments where you're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like what yeah, was happening? It's yeah, it's just certain yeah. periods of the day when. Uh, every sort of demographic that visits the library there's a particular type of day that they would come in and they do sometimes overlap yeah. and um yeah you end up with long queues of people with various queries yeah um, and sometimes they're not the simplest but um it's i do find it rewarding though because i don't know i think the the main thing i sort of took from it when i started was how much of a kind of important uh community sort of resource it is really I don't know did you is that something that you kind of noticed or were you surprised by that no yeah um, I kind of I kind of expected but kind of more surprised as well like how many people kind of rely on the library or mm. kind of just use it as a place that's it's like a regular part of their lives it's not just a place that you know they go in the blue moon like it's 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 a constant so that that was quite a surprise for me just in all different ranges like you get you all see families that come in regularly or you see you know older people who come in regularly or even like uh, you know kind of young adults who are studying you know, so it's and then all the, obviously all the groups. You know, so we have a lot of community groups on or just events, so stuff like that. Mm. So yeah, big part of the community. Yeah, I um, you do get to know people yeah, quite yeah. well actually, which <laughs> yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm not from Sutton, obviously. Um, but yeah, I've b- I hadn't been here for that long, and I already feel like I 
really knew Sutton very well. Which yeah. is, I think it's kind of the best way to get to know a place because you're meeting yeah. people from all walks of life and all different situations and yeah. they will talk to you. No, they will. Yeah, they'll tell you their lives, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah. yeah, it's yeah, so how, how you can know so much about people just, you know, them just coming and talking to you mm. and then starting the conversations. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, and like you say, it's, you do have difficult moments, but um, I feel like it was always easy uh, for me when I kind of... I mean, I've done jobs before where I wasn't particularly bothered or interested in sort of the the purpose of what we were there for, if you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. I was just there to do the job, whereas I feel like in the library, it was kind of like, even when this is difficult or hard, I could kind of remind myself that this is quite, this is important. This is something that I find, I think is important and I find yeah. um, to be uh, a sort of lifeline for a lot of people. So I'm kind of happy to go through this slightly tricky situation for that reason no definitely yeah so I think that does help yeah yeah it's true um so have you had any I don't know is there any particular memorable moments that stand out for you since you've worked here or I mean you get yeah like I say well generally you just get customers who kind of are more grateful than you expect them to be who just you know just by being here they're happy there's some events that we've had that I've really liked that I like but obviously I haven't put them on but you know the service in general has I've been like oh wow this is really cool yeah yeah this is I do have, I still have moments sometimes when I think, um, I don't know, I'm sort of doing something that I never kind of expected to be doing as part of my job. Yeah. Um, I suppose maybe more so, because I did used to work in in the libraries, obviously, mm. um, but now I'm sort of doing what I do. It's kind of, I do find myself, um, you know, sometimes spending a day sort of walking around Sutton, taking photographs yeah. and thinking, <laughs> this is a lovely, lovely way to spend your working day. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, really yeah. sort of... Um, Getting on with things like that is, yeah. is nice. Yeah, changes. Yeah, because um, yeah, I guess, like, how do you feel? Because you've obviously went from two that you had a role, then you changed into another role. So that's, I guess. Yeah, it was, and it was a weird, because sort of went into the digital side of things, hence this podcast. <laughs> um, but doing that during lockdown, or during COVID at least, was interesting. Because um, when that happened, I was in the library still. Mm. Um, and when the libraries first reopened, uh, I was still. I think we were working together actually for the yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, well, the first yeah. couple of weeks yeah, back yeah, yeah. after COVID, um, we were. I was still in the libraries, and we were at Wallington Library, um, and that was very. I mean, what's I suppose you've you've been. You're still in the libraries, obviously. So yeah. you've been there for the whole COVID period. Like, yeah. what what has that been like? Well, it's been different. I mean, like the first the first obviously we were at home for the first lockdown, or I guess the main lockdown. Um, and then, I mean, that was for three months and that was kind of, that was different. I mean, it was an experience, that I guess, for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and then kind of, from then we've kind of, obviously, it's been, this journey of the country's been up and down. So the libraries, you know, we've had to, especially during the winter, like m- most part of last year, really. Although the start of this year, wasn't it? And the kind of last winter, it's kind of, well, re- well, in kind of reducing a lot of what we can do, really. Kind of people not being able to come in. The library's never... Once they'd reopened, they'd never closed again. Is that no, right? Well, no, no. So we were always here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think certain libraries... So during libraries, the second and third lockdowns, yeah. libraries were open. Certain libraries did shut just because of like Westcroft and Phoenix shut yeah. just because they were in centres, but we were still going to other libraries and right. working there. So yeah, we were still open, still, we were still able to do stuff, but it was very like, it was obviously limiting for customers. How many people were you seeing per day on during the sort of full, I don't know, maybe the third lockdown was probably yeah. the most severe after the first in <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah. January. What? How many people a day were you seeing at that point? It was quite a bit because we were at one, I was at Wellington and um, 
because I think the nearest library, so Phoenix and Westcroft are shut. So we got a lot of people who'd go there, would mm. regularly come to, to come to Wallington. So in that, so that kind of upped it. And then, yeah, and then we had got a lot of computer use because obviously we were limited with that, just with the restrictions. Yes. So that those were constantly being used, and that was kind of right, that was right. quite hard to kind of limit people, yeah. tell people they can't. <laughs> yeah, because and so yeah, and then obviously yeah, so it was quite. I'm trying to think. It was constant. I remember at Wellington, it was constant. We'd get someone kind of in. There would always be someone in. Okay. Very rarely there wouldn't be like a even if it was someone just returning a book or mm. you know picking up a book because that was how we kind of worked. It was so more click, and click collect service, and then we kind of we offered did offer like lucky dips for children as well. So for instance, we've got customers who, you know, they came in and they kind of gave us a name. We tried to find them books. So we did try to adapt to, you know, people and see what we can do. But yeah, it was, I guess, a challenge. But I suppose because it was so, it was from like January to April, wasn't it? So it was a while. Yeah. And then we kind of, we had the November lockdown as well, which was quite similar to that as well. So yeah, that's right. So um, I guess we, I, I like to think they were kind of used to it by it. I know, yeah, they kind of got the idea of what most of them did, of what, you know, how like, and it was, we were Yeah, just I mean, the, the couple of weeks I was there, um, by the time I sort of left to, to come in and do this, yeah. people were starting to get the hang of it, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was only a few sort of dissenting <laughs> voices, which was always yeah. interesting. Thought, yeah, yeah. You know, you we, ha- we haven't decided to, no, I know, <laughs> to I know. do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a decision um, now, yeah. But no, on some some of it I quite enjoyed. Like we had this, that click and collect stuff. Yeah. And you'd yeah. have a huge backlog of... <laughs> and, but some, there was something about it, just sort of real, sort of big list of admin. To yeah, like, yeah. Fi- <laughs> find, like the process I quite enjoyed, finding the books yeah. and like notifying the people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think we had to draft in extra tables to carry all the books we'd had reserved because that yeah. service was definitely popular. It was, yeah, I remember that, yeah. We just get, you know, all the books we get because we get the delivery books and there'd just be tons and we'd have to email every person, wouldn't we, at that stage? Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was that's, that part I didn't enjoy quite as so much, but the, yeah. I think you told me, I think you, you, told me the, you taught me the procedure on how to email people because we, we we, before that we never emailed people, did we? It's kind of automatic, no, wasn't it? I think so. I had to kind of create a process out of chaos at some point so yeah that was <laughs> oh gosh yeah 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 but yeah you, that's, yeah it's the thing we got used to it because it took us a while I mean the f- I remember when we went back and how kind of shock like it was a big adjustment kind mm. of coming back in uh, yeah when we came back to start of July after the lockdown yeah and I think yeah it was but there was a lot of that I think yeah. um thinking on your feet and improvising yeah and I think yeah we were doing this sort of click and collect in a certain way and I think I sort of said just to someone at the time like oh why don't we do it it was a slightly different way and they were basically saying well <laughs> this is just the way we thought like this hasn't happened before this is we're happy yeah. to if you've got another way of doing it you do it that way yeah, like, yeah. kind of just there's no real process here and no. we'll just eventually find the best the best way of working and stick no. to it basically exactly yeah so yeah. what were you doing in the sort of first when libraries were shut for three months what were you up to so i was uh deployed so mm. i was kind of working on um uh, so I think maybe we should, because I was as well. Maybe yeah. we should sort of talk about what that was a bit. Yeah, essentially, um, where there was lots of jobs, basically COVID response jobs yeah. Yeah. Uh, that needed to yeah. exist purely to deal with COVID that mm. didn't exist before that, um, and there was all these kind of local authority staff sitting around at home, yeah. unable to do their jobs. Yeah, exactly. uh, and we were given the opportunity to volunteer to yeah. basically fill these. Covid response jobs. Yeah. Um, so what what was your deployment redeployment yes. rather? Yes, I worked for the um, triage team of uh, the Covid response for Sutton. So basically, because I think so there was one team who kind of the call handlers who rang up um, 
sat in residence or vulnerable sat in residence to find out if they needed anything. And if they did, that got passed on to my team and we kind of had to assess um, like what they were eligible for or how we could help them. So the, the main thing was, was the food boxes. So it was, um, I think when we first started, we were kind of just like in the April time, we were kind of just giving up. We were just giving, if anyone asked for a food box, we didn't really, we just kind of gave it to them because we understood that it was, you know, it was, it kind of happened short notice the lockdown and everyone was panicking a bit. But I think by May, um, yeah, we were, we were told that it, we kind of needed to be more strict and we really needed to analyse who needed it and if they were, if they qualified for it or not. And so it was, or how long they would qualify it for. If there's any other long-term solutions we can get them on for instead of just giving them food every week. Yeah, so. I actually, I'd actually forgotten until you said that, but I did that for a few weeks as you, well. Oh, you did? <laughs> end, and I really, I, f- I struggled with it. Yes. I really did. Because by, by the time I joined, yeah. it had pivoted into, we need to start getting people off. Yeah. And, you know, for, for, for very good reasons, um, resource reasons, yeah. um, mainly, I guess. Um, but they were basically saying we need to start basically assessing who still needs this yeah. and who doesn't w- with the focus on sort of, everyone who can be moved off it should be yeah and um yeah i really struggled yeah, basically calling people up and <laughs> trying to sort of encourage them not to take this support anymore yeah. and understandably people are quite resistant to, no, to, yeah, to, to I accept think, that which is co- yeah. completely understandable um yeah. and you know you sympathize as well if, if it was up to me and we had the resources i would just say just yeah you're fine to carry on. Yeah, carry on to its ended. The reality yeah. was a little bit more difficult. So yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It was how did you kind of approach that? Was it? Oh, it was, did you struggle with it like I, I, I did as well? I did. I struggled for. I did it for like. Well, that period was the, well. The first month was kind of well easier, but it was kind of like if they need help, just give it to them. Yeah. But then it was the next two months that were um, yeah quite challenging and yeah. So it was not the best response to me. A lot of people hung up on me. Oh, no. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't think I ever had that but I think I was, I was probably a bit of a soft touch yeah. you were probably stricter than I was because you'd been there longer yeah and I was and then it was one of those things because like it wasn't just me looking at the form it would be like we kind of had management who were looking at each yeah, of the cases hundreds of people yeah well, we yeah. had this massive spreadsheet that I don't know how many people were looking at and so you know if anything if they my managers the managers at the t- who were in charge of it kind of saw that person didn't need it they would kind of send me a message like, oh you know make sure the person is off or talk to them yeah yeah so it wasn't like yeah you couldn't sort of slip someone under, know, the, under yeah. the radar yeah and, and the first sudden I think the boxes were so good that I think that was why it wasn't like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'd get phone because we said oh these boxes are amazing thank you and obviously I wasn't packing the boxes so I didn't know but apparently they were so good you take, take the credit yeah I was like, <laughs> thank, thank you, you. <laughs> thank you thank you so I think that was that was it because yeah and yeah so that yeah that was quite challenging but I, that was what that was what I did I kind of did that full time so I didn't kind of do that. I mean, I did. I think at the start I was doing some library stuff, some like digital stuff, like reviews and kind of um, and other stuff. But I think from from that, I just mainly did that for those so full time. Yeah. yeah, I think the the thing I did before the triage team mm. was that was a that was a weird experience. Something I never sort of <laughs> expected to be. Yeah, in yeah, that yeah. That was I was like, oh gosh, yeah. I was kind of. Um, <laughs> it was basically a response team to people that passed away. From wow. COVID in, yeah, I mean. in the community, so not in hospitals, but yeah. in care homes or at home or whatever. Um, and there was a team that would go to the scene and sort of assess. Mm-hmm. Someone would call up, and at, if you call sort of 999 basically and said someone's passed away, and they said, it, Could it be COVID? Mm-hmm. If they said it might be, then they'd send this t- response team to assess it. And if they thought this is COVID, yeah. basically the idea was that coronary services like whether it's ambulances or funeral homes or whatever they're, they're still dealing with the same number of 
people. Yeah. So with COVID on top of that, they're kind of stretched beyond what what they can be. So if they thought this is a COVID case, then they would send, they would take the details and send them to us in an office. And our job was to basically phone the family and just tell them basically what was going to happen next. And this is sort of when the family member is still in the house most of the time. Right, okay. So we'd call them up sort of straight away and say, so understand this has happened, obviously, mm. to let you know what's going to happen next. Um, we'd find out if they had a funeral arranged already because a lot of people were obviously quite elderly. If they did, then we'd say, you sort of get on with what you were going to do anyway. We'll, yeah. we'll keep kind of checking in, see that it's all going okay. If not, then we we would have to arrange it and we'd say, okay, there's someone on their way to you now. They'll be there in half an hour. This is where they're going to be taken. Um this is the funeral director that is going to be work. You're going to be sort of arranging it with, and keeping them in the loop, um, basically to the point where the person had been either buried or cremated, and the death had been registered. Once the death had been registered, we had no more involvement. But it was basically make sure no one kind of gets forgotten about or slips through the cracks, um, and yeah, make sure that the people are still getting the care that they need when the services that would normally provide it aren't able to do it. And that was quite intense. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Oh my god, I don't know. How, how, like, how did you? Ha- I don't know if you like. How did you handle that emotionally? Was that? It was all right. You know, it was kind of. It was. It was twenty four hours. First of all, so the thing was open 24 seven. Obviously, um, so and we were in an, in an office. So the, it was weird. In, it was a sort of weird, surreal experience. Anyway, because everyone else was in sort of full lockdown. Yeah. But we were there, sat in an office in Liverpool Street at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of in the sort of normal office setting, but in the middle of the night and dealing with all this mad, sort of really harrowing sort of detail. Um, but I kind of, they did stress when people applied or when the information came mm. up, they were like, if you don't think you'll be able to sort of handle the, this, yeah. obviously then don't bother applying and it's fine if you can't. Yeah. And even if during training or at any point you feel like it's too much, then no one's going to judge you for sort of dropping out. I've, I thought, I was like, I'm pretty sure I know myself well enough to know that I'm fairly thick-skinned and it mm. takes quite a lot to really sort of shake me up. Mm. Um, I did think as well, like, this this might test that theory. I might find out that I'm a lot more mm. fragile yeah, than I thought yeah, I was. Yeah. Luckily, I was yeah, I was did, right, I yeah. think. Um, and I'm quite, I am think I'm quite good at sort of basically looking like this is a job that needs doing. Right. If we don't do this, mm. then what is a horrible situation is going to get worse for them. So I've just got, I've just got a job to do. Yeah. I need to do A, B, and then C, and then Absolutely. that's so yeah. that was I could couldn't just t- just treat it that way, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was kind of it was kind of interesting, <laughs> and yeah. sort of getting home at eight o'clock in the morning and my housemates and I sort of would talk to them about it a little bit, but they were quite reluctant to hear the stories I had because they weren't as kind of <laughs> happy to deal with it as I was. But yeah. that that even that made me think like there are clearly people that can't handle this stuff. So the fact that I can means I f- should. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like yeah. someone has to do it and I'd rather it was me than someone who couldn't who handle can. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it was quite rewarding to know that we were doing something important, you know. Yeah, um, important. But yeah, that was my redeployment experience. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think out of everyone I've had, I think you probably had the most in kind of intense. It or, was intense, or yeah. Hard, yeah. So the, the, the two weeks back in Wallington Library in July were... Quite a sweet yeah. relief. <laughs> how long? How long were you doing that for? for? Um, it wasn't that long. It was a maybe a, 
couple of months. Yeah. I think. Okay. Um, I basically stopped or we stopped because the team got wound down basically because okay. the cases became so um, few mm. uh, that we weren't needed anymore. Um, we were told basically be ready to come back. It was quite interesting at the end of the first lockdown when people were saying sort of, oh, ho hopefully that's it. Mm. Um, but the people we were working with who were medical professionals who were in the office sometimes, they were mm. saying to us that there's going to be a second wave and a third wave. And this was before that was kind of yeah. widely talked about. So yeah. I was kind of like, okay. And whenever I spoke to someone who was like, oh, hopefully we're past it now, I'd say, no, no. Mm. <laughs> a doctor told me at three o'clock in the morning last night that mm. we're nowhere near. <laughs> and they were right, weren't they? Yeah. They were actually right. They knew what was coming. Yeah. Um, and the team did come back, I think. But um, by then I was uh, yeah. I was doing this. Right, so. yes. Yeah, so oh, okay, so they did. Because like, I could do this. Yeah you know throughout lockdowns i had work to do yeah um so yeah. i didn't get redeployed the second time but yeah. no it was, it was a couple of months um yeah. okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it was yes. interesting so that was that, yeah that's the experience we can go with. like you never kind of i mean i guess the, the covid no one thought they'd be in that situation but no. especially you kind of think oh like such an extreme yes yeah, so i didn't when i sort of yeah applied yeah. for a job in a library i didn't expect it to <laughs> yeah. leave me there yeah but I, yeah. I, got, I got an intimate knowledge of the process of um yeah like coroners and death certificates and so all that stuff all mm. the sort of forms and paperwork that's required to deal with a funeral mm. is it's a lot yeah, <laughs> we yeah, had to make yeah. sure it was all sort of there but guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's quite interesting yeah yeah <laughs> definitely experience yeah. but we are in a different um period now of, mm. the, of the pandemic um we're in a we're in a time and place where there aren't any legal restrictions and kind of essentially back to normal although the pandemic's not over obviously but um operations wise we're in theory back to normal yeah. Yeah. does it feel like that in the library or do people does it still feel like it's covid library i, I personally i think it's um i think it's kind of gone i i don't feel yeah i feel it's kind of kind of gone back to how it was kind of for well, not completely but nearly there i mean that i think for now it's mainly because pe people wear masks you know we wear masks sometimes or a lot, of, a lot of the customers still wear masks so but apart from that I kind of and yeah apart from that I think it's it might well this is just me personally other people may not think like that but I think it's kind of gone back to before yeah and I, I guess it's kind of nice um people just come in and to not to come and just use the library at their own time and their own you know instead of before when we kind of had to assess everybody and kind of time limit people just like <laughs> if we were going to let them in yeah yeah that's yeah. anyone or kind of pouncing everyone as soon as they walked in kind of what are you doing like that was tricky wasn't it? it was kind yeah. of what is we weren't supposed to let people in unless it was for essential use but yeah. I don't know one person's essential is another person's yeah. frivolous I suppose like, yeah 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 I remember and I never I, I always found those conversations quite difficult and this guy wanted to come and use the internet and I said, is it essential? And he said, it's essential to me. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, right, well, yeah, fair enough. And I said, what is it you want to do? And he said, I want to buy some jeans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm not sure that is essential. <laughs> but then I also thought, but who am I to say? Exactly. It, he might really he need might, jeans. There might be, yeah, he might run out of jeans. Yeah. We all put on a bit of weight during lockdown. Maybe <laughs> he can't fit into any of his jeans anymore. It's just not, I just oh. thought it's not. Yeah. And also, it might, you know, this is the other thing. And to be fair, I think the thing that was good with Sutton was that we were told from management to have this approach, which is essentially they might be saying, oh, I just need to buy jeans. Yeah. But it actually might be that they need to get out of their house. Yeah, yeah. They need to get away from a certain situation. Yeah. Or, you know, without 
they're sort of I don't know, vulnerable in some way and without a level of kind of interaction yeah that would be sort of detrimental to their health physical or mental health yeah. um so yeah i just thought okay maybe buying jeans isn't essential but maybe the act of coming here for you is so and it's, use, yeah. so i said you know use go on. It, yeah happy yeah, shopping yeah. in your yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh and you got his jeans yeah 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 it's yeah it's true what you're saying there about kind of um the like that like the act of just coming to library and just being here for a bit and then going that can that can i, I don't know if a lot of people plan their day around that kind of that time mm. so it's it's very because you see people who come in every day at the same time yeah same time they yeah. do kind of even if it's you know them just playing solitaire or you know yeah, reading yeah. the news or something like that then it, that you still that's an important part of their time and yeah, kind and of here we just yeah if that's taken away from you that could end up having yeah. a sort of detrimental impact yeah yeah um as we do sort of come through that period though um i think we're kind of there was stuff that we did through necessity mm. um i'm thinking in terms of for example rhyme times and story mm. times which were always kind of very much in person mm. events um and we had to basically look at how to provide similar services online mm. primarily through sort of video and yeah. um, that sort of thing and also the way that we organized events when events were allowed again we were kind of looking maybe to do so- more events outside the libraries um and I think maybe the the feeling now is that we're moving forward and taking the best from that and applying it to a sort of post-COVID. Yeah. So what, I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Because obviously you've been involved in events and yeah. also you've been involved in um, making sort of video content and stuff. So I think how much of that are you thinking is important to continue into the future? Yeah, I mean, I think like digital stuff, I think... I mean, I think there's a good option to have. I quite enjoyed doing the digital stuff. I mean, I'd never really done it before, but it was like a new thing to do. And I think it gives people another option to see stuff like um, the online story times or the online mind times. Uh, yeah. So I think those are quite, I mean, maybe not, I don't think we'd probably do them as much as, you know, when, when we were in lockdown, because we do, we are, we do have the regular ones now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think they're quite good to do. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I quite like doing them personally. Um, but yeah, but it is nice to have the, the main mind times back again as well. I think people they enjoy that so yeah I think one of the positives taken yeah. is that the, now the rhyme times and story times are back they're sort of ticketed in a way that they weren't before yeah the tickets being free but yeah. I think I'm not sure whether that will continue but I feel like maybe that limits the level of what was basically chaos at some yeah. times in yeah. certain branches the bigger branches anyway that yeah. those those sort of times could you could get quite overrun by toddlers, which is great, yeah. you know, but um, uh, yeah, it's I think it's, we've sort of, we're sort of a bit more controlled now, maybe with the, the way we're sort of ticketing. Yeah, it's um, true, because it, so we're still doing, using like Eventbrite, aren't we? And still people are still having to pick on to events, which yeah. is good because we're kind of like, yeah, regulating people and kind of, we we know if something's fill up and we can kind of see that, can't we? Yeah, yeah and so. we know that if we need more spaces to, yeah. the, to the point we might need to do more yeah. events or something, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, like we did the um, the summer program and the autumn program, mm. twenty twenty one, and I f- I thought that was really interesting and sort of really diversified the sort of events we did rather than being able to just fall back on this is happening in the library. Yeah, or come yeah. to the library to see this. There was a bit of that, but we kind of went out out of the branches quite a lot for that, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah, yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, so I uh, also asked you to as i have with every other guest yeah. 
uh, come up with three desert island books. Have you have you done that? Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. this, no, this took, this took a lot of thought because I, you know, what? How um, did you? What? Uh, what sort of angle did you approach this from? Because I, I, I deliberately left it quite vague because yeah, I know that yeah. everyone will come at this and interpret it in a different way. So yeah, I do not. I just I think the first I was just thinking of books that I guess just kind of like there's lots of books you really think oh I really like that or I recommend it, but there's other books you're like oh gosh it's like that really kind of had an impact on you. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I kind of look at that and I was kind of if a book really stuck out because I was trying to go through all the books I'd read just in my head and that was, it was quite hard trying to fix think some books and even now I'm not sure if the books I picked are right but <laughs> <laughs> yeah because um, I think oh should I do that should, but yeah I think yeah I have so an idea so take us through your first choice okay so I mean the first book in my head that kind of came to me was um, uh, Murakami's book Kaft on the Shore Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because I, I really liked it, it was quite a cool book. <laughs> and then I, I, I really like Murakami. I like he, I like all his books. It's kind of like one of probably my favorite author, I'd say. What's that about then? <laughs> well, it's kind of like two stories. That's probably quite a reductive way of asking that question. <laughs> yeah, what's it about? What's it about? <laughs> <laughs> what happens? <laughs> yeah, well, like there's like um, it's kind of like there's there are two stories and they kind of link. It's about a young boy who kind of runs away uh-huh. and kind of finds refuge in a library. Okay. Yeah. Very and then, yeah, nice. yeah. And then, um, yeah, the other side of the story is like a, this guy and his journey, and they kind of link. But it's it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite surreal. There's a lot of like magical elements or kind of ritual, like well. But I, I quite like that. Was that something that was particularly important to you at a certain time in your life, or just a book that you really like? Not. Yeah. I mean, that book in particular. No, not really. I mean, I just like I like his books. I, mm-hmm. I kind of read all his books, and I kind of like them. So that was just a book that came to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so just one more time, the title of that and the it's author. It's A Cafeter on the Shore by Murakami. Great. And uh, what was your second pick? Uh, the second pick that I picked was, um, well, it's a book I think most people have read. It's called, um, well, I read it when I was a teenager, and I read it. It's called Catch on the Rye. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I know it's, yeah. I know it's, yeah. I just, because I read it when I was a teenager, and I read, I read it a couple of times. And I don't know if it's, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's a good book, but I just, I like it. And I'd mm-hmm. say like that book, I would say had an impact on my life at the time. You kind of see it as when you read it rather than as sure. you read it now, yeah. I sh- probably shouldn't be admitting this on a library podcast, <laughs> but I've never read The Catcher in the Oh, you haven't read No, no, it's controversial. I was just, um, yeah, um, it is available to be borrowed from certain libraries, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, several um, copies. We wouldn't be much of a library if we didn't have no. Catcher in the Rye. But um, no. no, I've never read it. No. And I think it's one of those books that it's so kind of, it's so important and celebrated. Yeah. And has such a sort of, I mean, it's one of the most revered like works yeah. of classic literature, probably, I would say. Yeah. So it's quite intimidating to just I don't know do you know what I mean to go yeah. oh I think I'll just have a go of Catcher in the Rye yeah there's so much sort of cultural baggage with it yeah. and it oh, means so much pressure. to so many people that it's like you almost feel I need to write, read this in, at the right time or the yeah. right moment and like what if I what if I don't get it and then yeah. suddenly you're an adult and you've sort of <laughs> the you point in your life that most people are supposed to read it is completely passed you by <laughs> no, so did you, so was it just you, did you kind of resist it or you kind of waiting or and it no, just didn't no, happen I, I never actively resisted it mm-hmm. I think I'm never the stuff I, I mean I do love I read a lot but the stuff I read is not typically um, sort of narrative fiction really right okay yeah um, so when I do read novels, yeah. uh, it's they have sort of very carefully chosen because it's like I don't read many novels. Yeah. So when I do, 
I don't know, it's usually about a topic that I'm interested in or an author that I know I like or mm. for various reasons. So it's not that, you know, I don't have a sort of list of novels to work through. The list of books I work through are all sort of mm. historical non-fiction. Right, you read, yeah, you like non-fiction. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, it's just never, it's never got, <laughs> basically never got around to it. I'd like, yeah. I'd like there to be a more kind of thoughtful reason, but the fact is never got around to it. Yeah. <laughs> So what, I mean, so you presumably read it at the time in life you're supposed to read the Yeah, I read it when that, what, what, what did I, it mean to you then? Yeah, I mean, I read it when I was like, I think 14. So. That's the classic, I was going to say, <laughs> 14 or 15. Yeah, it's that's classic the classic age. I mean, yeah, because it's one of the books you studied. I didn't study it, but I read it because I had a copy at my house. But um, So it's good because I don't think I got to read it without kind of having to analyse it a lot. Mm-hmm. So, But I, I just liked it. I mean, it's quite easy. I mean, you could... Even at that time, it's, it kind of it kind of flows, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like it's just because it's not. I uh, don't think I've ever read a book like it. I guess at that time, yeah, and yeah, it was just. Have you so have you gone back to it much in sort of since you've not been a teenager? Essentially, I think after I kind of I read it a couple of times afterwards, but not recently. I haven't gone back and read it. I have my own copy at home, like a new one. But yeah, I'm always curious with books that were important or made an impact yeah. Yeah. on you as a teenager when you read them again as an adult. It's, I find it so interesting. You yeah. either kind of go, yeah, I can see why this was important to me, or you go, what, what is all this about? <laughs> yeah. And you kind of realise there's certain books that are, they're, they're just so ri- they're written so perfectly for young people, basically, yeah. who yeah. are still sort of forming their worldview. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and when you read it, when you've become a bit more jaded and cynical, you're a bit like, oh, what is all this? <laughs> I think um, On the Road is a classic one for oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I know good, a yeah. lot of people that... I know a lot of people that are sort of really... Um, and a lot of people do this, sort of mm. try and create their personality around oh, on the road. Jack Kerouac. Yeah, exactly, yeah, basically try and be a Jack Kerouac. And um, and then they read it again as adults. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is very good. No, it's not very good. What do you, do you like on the road? Um, oh, yeah. I'm not even sure I've read On the Road. No, yeah, why, am I, why am I hosting a library podcast? <laughs> fair enough. I've read it, but I can't, I can't remember it too much. That's, I mean, yeah. But I think there was a similar reason. Like, yeah. I know it's so, sort of, such a seminal work to, yeah. to lots of people. And I think, and it was to friends of mine. And I kind of found that a bit off-putting, you know? It's yeah, kind of like, yeah. this book has to change your life. Yeah, yeah. At a, at a certain age. And I just, I'm very contrary. So I just thought, well, no, <laughs> no it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I can change myself. <laughs> so, yeah, so you've obviously read... On the road. Yeah, I read it. Not I mean, not when I was a teenager. I think I read it a couple of years after, like young adulthood. But I, yeah, I mean, I liked it, but I wouldn't basically say it was, you know, it. You didn't you know, start to... walking around wearing <laughs> sunglasses and no. smoking fags. All no, time. no, no. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, think, so yeah. you, you enjoyed it. But it I enjoyed didn't it. Change yeah. Your life. No, it did change. No, I, yeah, I'm trying to remember certain parts of it, but it didn't particularly stick out to me. I don't know if that's controversial. Yeah, there'll be people <laughs> listening to this who have studied on the road and know everything about it and they're listening to a podcast with someone who's never even read it is flippantly slagging it off so to those people i apologize um okay that's uh, that's two then and yeah. um what is your third pick yeah. and is there any particular reason for it well yeah my third one i picked well, it's a non-fiction one actually it's called uh, reasons to stay alive by matt haig mm-hmm. i think it's, it's quite new i mean i think it only came out not long ago like a couple of years ago but yeah i really liked it. it's a non-fiction book it's just about he's well he's an author anyway but he kind of wrote this book just about his experiences growing up with kind of life and mental health issues so I just I liked it I thought it was good and you know there's a lot of good quotes he says and a lot of good things he kind of so he puts he puts into place that kind of made a lot of sense nice so, yeah so you kind of identified or if not identified then kind of um 
I don't know the perspective it's coming from. Yeah. You found it? Did you find it helpful, or is it something that you kind of could agree with and both, enjoy? Both, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. So is I think it kind of not a self-help book? Because that seems like a sort of dirty word now. Yeah. But um, is it something to kind of aimed at sort of helping people through things, or I think to have a different perspective on life? Or I think so. I think maybe that might have been his idea of doing it, or maybe he just wanted to write about that period of his life, and then for it, it kind of you know. You can write by yourself and other people. Yeah, is know, it kind of, so it's sort of a memoir as well? Or? Yeah, kind yeah. of, yeah. Because yeah. memoir is kind of like a period of your life, is it? So yeah, is it your yeah, whole life? I don't know. specific <laughs> period yeah. or an yeah, event. Yeah, or, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, that period of his life where, and kind of how he got into, I don't guess, kind of building his life up, I guess, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I liked it. Yeah, it's I think book. that was, that's in the last sort of five years, I think that was yeah. released and mm-hmm. it is available from Sutton Library. <laughs> I just have to pivot into the plug there. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's good. You've got a kind of um, a modern uh, sort of self-help memoir and then some a couple of literary classics. Mm. So when you are stranded on a desert island, you'll be able to be <laughs> transported to other worlds. Yeah. But if you get a bit stressed <laughs> on the island or lonely, you'll be able to... Help yeah. yourself out of that by reading yeah. Matt Haig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Very good. Um, all right. Well, we're nearly out of time. Um, just a couple more questions before oh, I let you go. Okay. Um, and the first is um, they're kind of linked, I guess. But firstly, just sort of touched on it already. But what does working in the library mean to you, both? from your personal point of view, what you get out of it and also mm. what you kind of see as a library worker and kind of, yeah, the experience, what, what's it sort of meant to you? What's it given to you? Yeah, well, it's given me a lot, I think. As I, I, it sounds like you said earlier, I, find, I do find it rewarding. Maybe not every single moment, but generally, <laughs> you know, I, do, I you know, I enjoy it. I don't, yeah. you know, I do, I have periods where I do, I do really look forward to coming to work and seeing, you know, or seeing my colleagues, just coming to the library, seeing certain customers, so yeah, it's meant a lot to me, and it's because I, I guess I'm lucky in the sense it was something I wanted to do, and I was able to do that. It was just like yeah, so um, yeah, and it's something I like to carry on with, you know, working working in libraries. So, and what do libraries outside of work? What do libraries mean to you? What have they meant to you um, in earlier life, and what do they mean to you in a more general sense? You've touched on it already as well, yeah. but um, yeah, just what. Why library is important, I suppose, is the question. Yeah, yeah to me, I mean, they've always, I've always, they've always kind of been a constant. I've always kind of gone to them. You know, I've always kind of, whether it be finding books or kind of like using using the computers there <laughs> or, kind of, yeah, or, you know, just, just sitting in libraries of different stages. Or I've kind of always kind of used the library. Like I said earlier, when you're a child, you kind of get taken. When you're a teenager, you might go there and study. Or, you know, when you're at university, you sit in the university library. Or, you know, in young adulthood, I would go to my local library, go back to there and just kind of get books or, you know, use the computer. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always kind of been, I guess, a place of... I know I always think libraries should be safe places that are accessible and I do think they are they are that and they they're kind of open to everyone that you can kind of go to and I've always I've, I've always felt that
Big thanks to Dana for taking some time out of her working day to sit down with me at Sutton Life Centre to reflect mainly on a COVID response that is still very much ongoing and will likely shape the way library services operate for some time to come. Thank you for listening wherever you are and don't forget to follow us on social media at Sutton Libraries on Twitter and Sutton Libraries London on Facebook and Instagram. Please leave a review of the podcast wherever you listen if you can and we'll see you next week for another chat with another special guest. Until then, keep reading. Keep reading.